Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk, a traditional Wiccan podcast where we will discuss topics affecting the pagan community from a traditionalist perspective. The topics we discuss are picked from our magical hat, and the discussions are unscripted. The talk should be led by Lord Chase Knight Smith, Elder and High Priest of Third Degree, and he's joined by Keegan, First Degree Priestess. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk. I'm Keegan, and as always, this is Lord Knight. How are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm okay. You sure? I <laughs> sure as I've ever been. You ready for a topic? Yeah. Okay. In the magic hat. Hmm. Meditation. What's the point? What's the point of meditation? Uh-huh. What is it? What's the point of it? Do we have to do it? Is it something that your tradition personally practices? All right. That's a lot of questions at one time. Where do you want to start? How about what is meditation? Now, I looked up the definition. Okay. Meditation is a practice where an individual uses a technique on focusing the mind on a particular object, thought, or activity to train attention and awareness to achieve mental clarity and a stable state. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like a really good definition. Do you advocate meditation? Oh, yes. Why? Well, Besides helping attention, memory, and other such things, it allows you to communicate with your subconscious. Or your subconscious to communicate with your conscious mind. It gives you the ability to work through issues and problems if it's done right. What kind of issues? Well, it depends on the person. I mean, personal issues? Oh, yeah, personal issues. Business issues, problems. It's hard to explain. It's sort of like dreaming, but not. Mm-hmm. It's a no, little I bit. That's right. It gives your brain a little bit more time to, during the day, to reconstruct certain information. And unfortunately, most people do not do their meditations the way they should do, which is every day. Same time, same place, every day, just do it. I don't care if it's five minutes long, ten minutes long. You sure in the world don't want to exceed 45 minutes. I mean, there's plenty of books out there that can teach you how to do that, but if you're wanting to do those, what I guess what's referred to as transcendental meditations, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to do until you clear out the uh, issues in your own mind. So our type of meditation in our tradition is more focusing inward than outward. Working on ourselves? Working on ourselves, working on our own problems and issues. Because we use meditation to uh, understand our emotions. Now, with that statement, let me re rephrase that. My idea between knowing something and understanding something, if you know something, you can use it. 
if you understand it, you can manipulate it to your advantage. Right. I know probably a lot of people sitting there going, what? Right. How can you manipulate your emotions to your advantage? I know a lot of people, including myself and a lot of other people in Temple, who deal in stressful situations mm-hmm. where most people's emotions would get high can sort of stop their emotions so they can think think rationally long enough to take care of the situation and not slow the handle and then deal with them emotions later. They can put their emotions kind of on the back burner. Right. I mean, we're not saying that you don't feel them. We're just saying that you feel them. It's just it's not a priority. You can control them. Well, I don't want to say control. It's just. Your body and your mind, or let me just say your mind actually realizes at some point or another, oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to meditate sometime. Then we can deal with this. Right now, we can't. There seems to develop a symbiosis between the subconscious and the conscious mind where the conscious mind goes, okay, I know we're feeling these emotions and stuff, but right now is not a good time. I need to deal with the situation. We'll fall that away for later. And yeah, we'll and, and we'll deal with this later. We'll deal with my emotions later. I know they're there. I feel them. I'm upset too, but I got to stay rational. And in order to do that, you have to work on yourself. Right. Now the reverse is true too. That it gives us the ability to, I want to say, heighten our emotions at times when mm-hmm. we need to. Does that make any sense? Explain. I mean, if you've studied the Witch's Pyramid, we all know that, of course, in our tradition, we link fire to uh, wheel. Mm-hmm. And we associate wheel with emotions. It is the energy. It's the fuel of the spell. So, not that our tradition casts a lot of spells, but when we do, we use that to flip the script and heighten that emotion that we need to cast that spell. We can focus that energy. Gee, a whole lot more. We Mm -hmm. can heighten that emotion and rev it up to a degree that we have enough energy to cast those spells. And that would be part of the manipulating? Right. I mean, because we're talking about manipulating energies, but we're also talking about manipulating energies in ourselves and manipulating ourselves. I know a lot of people in Temple who can suppress pain when necessary. Such as yourself. Yeah, I have some aches and pains. I'm not no spring chicken. (laughs) I mean, there does come a point in this process where the pain does override that because my body's going, "You're, you're really damaging yourself. You need to stop. Right. But mild, dull pains from like arthritis. And other things. Yeah, it's easier to file it back, so I don't have to take as much medication. Right. I can put it off for a while longer. Pain tolerance, for example, you know, getting shots and stuff like that, getting blood taken is a whole lot easier. I mean, does it work all the time? The times that being able to do this don't work is when it's a sudden pain. Oh, yeah. Something unexpected. You drop something on your foot or something like that. Right. Now, the pain afterwards, uh, you can probably suppress for a little bit. 
and no. to get to this point is through meditation. It's through meditation. Meditation is very powerful. I mean, and most people don't realize the stuff you can do in meditation. You know, for like kids and school and stuff like that. I mean, I can think of a number of things, you know, for musicians, for basketball players and sports players. Going out and doing the activity helps your body with muscle memories and stuff like that, right? Right. Okay. You're studying a subject, right, that mm -hmm. you're not too familiar with or you might have, you're not quite sure of, and you've been studying for it for a while. Well, if you take a break from it, meditate, and when you're in that meditative state, go back over that information. Oh, it comes together like a puzzle. It comes together like a puzzle, and mm -hmm. then suddenly when you're taking the test, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that was this, that was this. Right. Mm -hmm. It just seems to come out of nowhere. It's because it's giving you access to your subconscious and allowing you to actually put this information in more of your long-term memory versus your short-term memory. So if you think about it this way, somebody who plays an instrument, guitar, piano, whatever, if they sit there and like play the piece for 30 minutes or an hour, and then they go back and they meditate for 45 minutes of them playing that piece over and over again, it becomes even more automatic for them. It right. just reinforces it on a mental level instead of just a physical level. What about a spiritual level? I'm not going to lie to you. It does help on that. You'll notice your awareness of things increasing. I mean, regardless of what people think, if it's that, you know, we happen to notice certain body languages or certain behaviors outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. That start allowing us to predict certain behaviors. Yeah. Because, I mean, I believe as you meditate, for some reason, on a regular, everyday basis, when you're not meditating, you seem to have access to more processing power. Mm-hmm. And allows you to do certain things that you couldn't do before. I'd agree to that. You know, I've known people to sit there and they've done their, just done their meditation. And all of a sudden, they'll come up to me going, yeah, I'm having a problem at home. What's your problem? Well, my spouse will come in or my better half will come in. My kids will come in. Somebody will come in and ask me a question or going to ask me a question. And then I start answering the question before they even ask. Yes. Now, A, this could be precognition. Or it could be the fact that you're noticing certain behaviors that you didn't notice before. You're in you know, tune with them. You're in tune with them better. I mean, because we've argued in Temple many a times, is that sixth sense or that extra sensory perception just the fact that your normal five senses are a little bit sharper? Right. Or the fact that you happen to notice things that nobody else noticed? Because your attention's a whole lot more focused on what in the world's going on around you. Right. Because I don't know about you, but I know when I'm out in public, I happen to be more aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Like at Walmarts and stuff like that. Um, and especially right after I meditate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely heightened. Do you think you can reach divinity or communicate uh, easily or more easy with divinity through meditation? 
think it's possible, but again, if you don't care, take care of what's in blocking your front door. I mean, because you got to think about this way. When we talk about meditation inward, okay? Imagine yourself being in a house, but you can't get out of your house, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got stuff blocking the door. Right. Both inside the house and outside the house. And that's normally our issues that we create ourselves. Sure. You know, problems that we have, issues that we have, blocking that. So you got to clear that out before you can even get to the door. Then once you get through the door, you know, you still might have more on the other side. Usually do. Uh, that cleaned up and deal with whatever issues you have or what you think you have, then reaching that divinity or talking to deity or communicating with spirits, I don't think is possible. Because you're too cluttered. Because you're too cluttered. You can't move. Because normally when we go through, when I start teaching meditations to my students, you know, I'll flat out tell them, look, issues you might have thought you've already dealt with and issues that you don't even know you have might pop up. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not me forcing you to go through those issues. That's not me telling you to do those issues. That's you doing that to yourself. Right. There's no way around it. If you're doing the type of meditations where it's an inward thing, those issues are going to pop up. Over and over again. <laughs> they won't go away. They won't go away. That's one of their issues. But I don't know about you, but dealing with those issues, I know your your subconscious might do it in a weird way, a little bit at a time, sometimes all at one time. Yeah, sometimes know, all at once. Yep. All at once. Sometimes not. These things are fine and dandy, but your mind as a whole is not going to throw anything on you that it don't think it can't already handle. Or you have a mental break. <laughs> well, no, I mean, even those mental breaks, because you keep on saying that as if you have experience. So you, when you were having your, when you were doing your meditations, didn't you sort of know ahead of time, right before that big breakthrough, that something was coming? Something. That you, were re- that, okay. that you were ready for it, you, well, sort of ready for it, and that you knew it was going to be maybe rough or all this, but you still knew. Yes, I did. So you were sort of prepared for it, and it wasn't – now, when you're going through it, you're probably thinking, oh, God, this is terrible. Yeah. But once you're through it, you're kind of like, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, yes, it was. It was horrible. <laughs> it was awful. But it was one of the best things that has ever happened to me, getting over that. Getting over that. Dealing with that. Yeah. But it it was horrible. (laughs) You know, I I think you'll hear from most third degrees, especially when they're traditionalist. If you're asking them and you're less experienced, you know, we're not being flippant when we're sitting there. Have you meditated on it? We're being serious. That is that the majority of the time, that's the answer to a lot of things. That's a good answer. It is. I mean, because in our tradition, we honestly and truly believe all your issues are only caused by one person. 
and that's you. And you have to accept responsibilities for those issues. Mm-hmm. It's nobody else's fault. And I know there are certain things that happened to certain people when they were kids that wasn't their fault. And I would agree with that. And it's horrible that some of these bad things have happened to kids or when they're younger. But as an adult to still allow this to be an issue for you, I do not agree. Power over you. Right. You're still allowing somebody else to have power over you as an adult. Right. You know, oh, yeah, this happened to me like 20 years ago. You're still allowing that person to have that power over you. Right. You're still allowing them to affect you because this happened. We allow it to be a problem. Yeah. And I think through meditation, you a realize that mm-hmm. and B learn how to take that control back. Right. I mean, I can sit there and tell you in class this all day long, but until you do it, you're not going to believe me. You oh, have no, to no, 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 no. Right. You have to experience. And, you know, cause I've had a lot of people going, no, 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 no. This happened to me and it is all their fault. And all my behavior now is based upon this. This is all their fault. It's not my fault. No, but your behavior is your fault. That right. you do have control over. Either that or I've just become cynical over the years. No. No, that's true. Yeah, They're both I, true. I, you, you are cynical. But that, <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that, yes, that is true. Don't allow people to have control over your behavior. Well, no, we're still back to... All your problems are created by you, not yeah. somebody else, not an establishment, not a person, not, not the anybody weather. else, not <laughs> the weather, not your parents, not, you know, the school system, not this, uh-huh. not that. It's you. Right. And the way you choose to look at it. And I believe meditation allows you to look at it in a different way. It allows you to look at it sometimes clinically, emotionally. And to deal with that and go, okay, this does not have to affect the way I interact with other people or how I live my life. Or how you look at yourself. Or how you look at yourself. I don't need to be ashamed of this. Right. That this happened to me. We've all had issues and not that anybody's one issues more than others. Okay, or more people, or somebody's gone through more issues than you. We all have issues. We all have. We all have war stories. Yeah. Right. And I think it allows you to recognize it. It allows you to recognize that behavior in other people. Mm -hmm. Those people around you that feed into that behavior, too. Absolutely. And once you start seeing that, you start either A, telling these people not to behave that way, or you start cutting them out of your life, going, okay, I can't be around you. You're toxic. You're toxic. I can't change you, but I can change me. See you later. And I don't need to feel guilty about that. Did I answer all your questions yet? I think so. I think so. Do you have any other questions? Anything else you'd like to know? Well, yeah. Let me touch on one more thing. Is there a type of meditation that you prefer over others. I mean, there's transcendental meditation, there's void of the mind meditation. 
the type of meditation I like is to sit down, clear your mind first of all, and especially when you're first starting out, and it's going to be rough. Uh, you know, you got to start off small and work your way up. You know, so if you only get five minutes in to begin with, don't feel bad. Right. Now you're doing good. You're doing good. Yeah. And people are different. It might take some people six months to work up to 15 to 30 minutes. And other people, it could take them up to a year. But if you get there, that's great. It's not the destination that's important on this. It's the journey. Right. But the meditation I like is like when you're sitting there and you first clear your mind, get into a relaxed state, and don't stop your thoughts. When thoughts come in there, if whatever thought first pops into your mind, think about it. Look at it. Examine it. Follow it. Why is that there? Why is that there? Yeah. To me, that's your that's your subconscious mind going, hey, here's an issue. We're going to follow this out. It might not lead to anything. But it's still the practice of meditation that's important also. Yes. Because eventually, uh, you know, you get to the point to where you don't have so many of those. You might find yourself meditating on a problem you have at work or at home come out of meditation a few minutes later you're like i can fix that like this right right it does help the key here on meditation regardless of what type you do is that it a every day Mm -hmm. the same time the same place right every day I mean, if you happen to miss a day or something, don't think, oh, well, now I've screwed up and there's no use to doing it again. Get right back up on that horse. Right. Do it again the next day. Muscle memory for your mind. Right. I don't know about you, but as you meditate and stuff like that, after a while, your body actually to or your mind starts to crave it. Oh, yeah. All Jones for it. Right. You know, it's kind of like getting hungry and you're always eating at the same time of day. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. You know, you work and you're, you know, you know, your breaks at nine o'clock and always around nine o'clock, you start getting a little peckish. Mm-hmm. Coffee all of a sudden, because that's when you have, as you know, and for those who smoke is you'll understand this real good. That's when you're going to start, cra- right, you know, like five or 10 minutes before that you're going to start craving that cigarette mm-hmm. meditation becomes the same pattern oh it can get bad i've had conversations with people during my meditative time supposed to be my meditative time and completely zone out them look at me going where'd you go i'm like oh my god <laughs> i think i've just completely left i'm sorry i completely, I completely left my schedule got you know, screwed up. I was meditating while you were talking. It's actually, it's a slip. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somewhere else. And, you know, you'll, you'll start finding yourself scheduling your you'll day. Have, you'll have mental this. slips. <laughs> you have mental slips. I mean, things happen. You know, this is just like any other, making any other habit from brushing your teeth to working out to anything. Mm-hmm. Even though you mess up, the next day is a new day. You you attempt it again. And I can tell you from personal experience, yeah, I, I can do the whole 45-minute meditation. No problem. Do I always? No. Things happen. That's the goal. Oswin's in the bed. He's asleep. And 
I'm sitting here meditating and the dog starts to bark. Right. You know, I got to come out of meditation real fast, calm down the dog. If I'm lucky, that's the only interruption. And then I can go back to what I'm doing. If not, he'll continue and then I'll just give up. I might only get 15 minutes in, but I got 15 minutes in. Yeah. If I get that 45 minutes, I'm like, yes. If it's only that. that. Yeah. It doesn't always happen that way. But if you can just get five minutes. Right. Yeah. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Still the practice that you need. It's still the practice that you need. You're still doing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I can see where people can really cause that to be a stumbling block for them. Oh, I didn't do it today. Yeah, and do it again tomorrow. Right. Plan right. out better. Turn your phone off. But you know, be persistent. Be persistent. Consistent. I'm about out of coffee. How about you? I think I'm about out of coffee. I guess we'll have to start a new conversation next week. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Pagan Coffee Talk. I hope you join us next week. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.